This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. Splash Refresher spices up my daily water intake by putting fun and hydration in one. Because as a mom, I already have my hands full. Every Splash Refresher flavor is delicious, bright, flavorful, and zero calories. I don't waste time on flavorless water I don't enjoy. I just drink Splash and I like it. My favorite flavor is the lemon. It really does taste like lemonade. My favorite is the mandarin orange flavor. There's a flavor for everyone to enjoy. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Hi, this is Childproof by Betches Media. I'm Gwena Lakeland. And I'm Tori Phantom. This episode is a part two and is dedicated to everyone who hates our timer as much as we do. If you haven't listened to part one of this episode, it's cool. The rest of this episode will make sense, but it will make more sense if you've already caught the first half of the conversation because we got through an episode and the timer made a stop and we weren't done talking about it. So yeah, so we're going to keep talking about it. But before we do (laughs) set the timer, (laughs) damn it. Listen, we can't do a four hour episode, okay? I gotta I gotta have some lunch after this. <laughs> my kids have to have some lunch after this. Actually, my kids are at school, so Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so before before we continue the conversation, I actually thought of a funny story that I wanted to share. Because I just want to make I want to make everyone wait even longer to hear the rest of our conversation. To get to the rest of the conversation. <laughs> They've waited a week. You can wait 32 more seconds. Okay, so when I was in high school, okay, we I had this social studies class and I was failing it, but I aced every single test. Every single test <laughs> I would get a perfect score on, but I was failing the class because the class had a big part of the grade was this homework and you would get this homework pack at home every week and you were supposed to do one day of homework for every day of the week. And I, being the angsty teenager I was, was like, why would I do any of this? I'm acing all the tests. This is not worth my time. I'm not doing it. So I didn't. And at one point, do you ever have like, do you have one of those teachers from when you were like in school that was just so special because they saw you as a person? (laughs) That was this teacher for me. And he was like, one day after class, he's like, I need to talk to you, friend. And I was like, okay. And I was kind of nervous, you know? And he's like, you're failing. And I said, yeah, I know. And he's like, but you're getting everything. All your tests are perfect. And I said, yeah, I know. And he goes, why won't you do the homework? You would you would have a perfect score in my class. And I said, I don't want to. Why would I do the homework? I already know the information. Like I'm, I was full of angst. <laughs> and he's, he said, what would I have to do to get you to do the homework? Because I don't want you to fail. And I joking, said, buy me breakfast. And he said, if you do your homework for a full week, I will get you breakfast. (laughs) And I said, what? And he said, I will. I will bring you breakfast if you finish your homework. Like every week you do your homework, I will get you breakfast on that Friday. And I got that breakfast once and then I went back to not doing it. (laughs) I just, I just wanted, I just wanted to see if he'd really do it. He did. He brought me a bagel from uh, Dunkin' Donuts. It was uh, very exciting and I should have kept doing my homework, but it just wasn't worth it. You know, I was passing. <laughs> I ended up passing the class somehow. He let me do makeup work later on, but yeah. he's a good teacher, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, but that's, that's the same thing about the homework is when we're looking at unfinished work, which is where we were talking about last week, when we're looking at unfinished work, maybe there's a reason that they need to do it. Maybe there's a reason they're not getting it done. 
Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that was one of those things where it was like this this teacher, that's how he structured the class. But my brain, I could not, my ADHD brain, my teen angst brain could not find a reason to find motivation to do the work. There was no, I did not have any buy-in. <laughs> it just didn't matter to me. But the other thing, okay, wait, I wrote this down. I wrote this down because the timer went off when I was about to tell you the other type of homework I think is a, a okay type of homework. Test corrections that will improve your grade because there uh, is buy-in. So if you got home mm-hmm. your test and it's a 70% and they are like, you could do corrections, bring it back in and you will get the new grade. I think that's a great buy-in. That is a great like motivator. And I think that's really worth something. But if you are sending home like, eight worksheets for my kindergartner to just keep writing the number one. It's it's busy work. They've done it at school. They're, they're not having buy-in because they've just spent all day being a student and they need to get that energy out. So sometimes I'll do the worksheets, but sometimes it's like, my kid is not in a good mood. They need to relax. They don't need to work more. And I'm not going to force that issue. See, and I have one more qualification of sometimes I get it. We were talking about last week about grades and sometimes you you need some extra help admitting that I'm struggling with this particular thing. My grade is reflecting that I'm really not grasping this concept or this idea or this skill. Sometimes I get the need for additional work to come home because they do need a little bit of extra time practice. There is a struggle grasping at home. And just because I send my kid to public school does not mean I am relieved of any burden in participating in their education. Right. We are a huge part of the education. We are, we need to be on a team with the teachers. And so my only issue with the additional work for understanding, and this isn't really an issue. It's not an issue with teachers. It's not an issue with the school. It's not an issue with homework. The problem that I have sometimes is my kid brings home this work that they need help with, and I don't understand the way it's being taught now. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's a thing, because Common Core like common core math at its core, I think makes a lot of sense. It is teaching kids to break it down to make math make more sense in their head. However, I was never taught that concept. And so my kid will have to teach me so that I can teach them. And now we're hitting this point where my kid is stressed out because I need to get this homework done and I need help and I can't help. And like, that's that's a big struggle. That's a totally different issue. And that, again, that's one of those things that's no one's fault, but it is a point of like, what do I do? What do I do? I don't know how to make. What What are all these different lines? You understand this? I don't. I can't help. I'm so sorry. Yeah, but the problem is, is you don't understand this. Neither of us understand this, and we are both lost now. Do you have your teacher's email? And now we're both frustrated, and we're going to put this away. And this is an instance where I will talk to your teacher. This is an instance where I will be the one to do the communication because I can't help you with this, and we are both lost, and it is just not going. Well, and even then, sometimes that homework for additional work, it might be more than just they not, they're not understanding it. It might be how it's being presented. So if they're struggling doing all these worksheets and the teacher's solution is, I'm going to send home more worksheets, wait, stop. The worksheets are the problem, not the concept, not how you're teaching them. My kids literally just struck, just like you did with your social studies class, they have no reason to continue to do the worksheets because the worksheets are not helping. So that's a sign for me. We need to have a conversation. Maybe I need to get a reading tutor for them. Maybe we need to ease up on the things. Maybe we can find more practical applications. The only way I learned 
addition was with these little counting cubes that my teacher had. She could give me worksheet after worksheet and I was just deer in the headlights at them. But you introduce a practical hands-on thing and my brain's like, yes, I completely understand. But it's so important that we recognize that we all learn differently. So one time it was like third, fourth grade, my kid was like learning times tables, right? And and you know, they want to make sure you have those memorized, right? That is a big part of that type of math. I understand why memorization is important, right? But so what was happening is my kid who does really incredible in math, like really incredible in math, would bring home these worksheets and be like, well, I have to finish these at home because like we do these timed math facts tests. Like there, it was just like a minute masters. Yes. And so it was just this like a hundred equations. So she would bring it home and it would only have like 15 done. And I'm like, what is, what is happening? Like, you know this, right? Because I would look at it and I would say, okay, but what is six times four? And she'd say the answer. Right. And so I'm doing this with her and I'm going, hang on a second. And I said, hey, bud, I said, I want you to sit down and just do this. I said, I know that your teacher wanted us to time it at home too, but we're not going to do that. I said, just sit down and just like do it. It was just, well, I'll, you know, I'll come back in a few minutes, right? So what I did is I sat her down and I, second she started, I secretly set a timer. Guess what happened? Did she finish it in 60 seconds? She finished it all in under a minute. She did it. She did it. It was the pressure of being told it was a timer. She froze. She froze. She couldn't do it anymore. And so she had the math facts memorized. But the second it became a timed thing, she couldn't do it anymore. And so that was like a signal to me like, "Mm, yep, okay, there it is. There's the problem. It's not that you don't know it. It's that being being put up against the timer is too much for you. So yeah, when it comes to homework, makeup work, large projects, some unfinished work, test corrections, and some additional work, Fine. Game. Behind. I get it. I can get my kid to have buy-in. I've got buy-in. I'm probably working with the teacher on most of these things anyway, so it's not just two points of the triangle talking to each other and I, the third part, is just in la-la land. No, no, no. All those make sense. Anything beyond that, no, I'm not going to make them do it. I'm just, I'm not. I'm not going to carve out time from their play or other work that needs to be done around the house because my kids still have chores. They get home at what, 3, 3.30 and then, you know, we have some time to play and then we're having dinner and then we're starting bedtime routine. They're going to bed at 7.30 so they can get up so early. I'm not going to make them spend another two hours on homework. But the thing is, I have seen a shift and I've seen this on social media where we're listening to teachers talk and we've seen it in research coming out that homework is not super important. And in our district, at least, uh, very rarely have my kids even had homework. Yeah. Very rarely have I seen it come home. And when it does, it's one of those qualified things where we're both like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I I talk big and it's more based off of Abby's childhood where homework was a bigger consideration. The district we're in, except some of those instances that we just talked about, there's no homework. They discourage the assignment of homework. And I really like it because it gives them a chance to play. And do you know the other thing that I think is really important? If they're not doing homework, it's if they're not bringing their homework home, do you know what that's going to do for them in their future? Encourage a healthy work home balance. Work life balance. That's that's a yep. good thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because for the most part, and this is this has become way more apparent among the millennials and especially as Gen Z's entering the workforce, the quiet quitting. Like, no, no, no. I'm doing the work that you pay and compensate me to do and no more. I'm not serving eight hours at work 
bringing home a big giant bundle of paperwork and doing that at home for free. If you're bringing home work, hopefully you are getting paid for that additional time. You're being compensated for that time. So if our kids' careers are as students, and they are for a good chunk of their lifetime, their career is as a student. Yes, that's their job. They have eight hours of education. And sometimes, very occasionally, you have to put in overtime at your big grown-up job. Sometimes, very occasionally, you have to put in overtime as a career student. You do. It is not something that can take place of play because there is so much important learning that happens in play. Yes. And there's science behind this. This is not just me spouting off. And a lot of teachers recognize this. this uh, please understand, as I'm railing against homework, at no point am I looking at a teacher and going, you suck. No. No, we love teachers. I, we, we love, love teachers. teachers. We appreciate teachers. We celebrate teachers. We just don't like homework. That's no. separate. And here's the thing <laughs> is if one of my kids' teachers starts sending home homework that does not meet one of my qualifications, I'm not going to trash talk that teacher and be like, well, just don't do it. They're stupid. I'm going to call that teacher. Hey, explanations, please. Let's be right. on the same page about this. Right. There's a communication that happens and it's not like my kid doesn't need that. No, it's like, hey, can we talk about why this is important? Because if I'm missing something, I will absolutely enforce that this needs to be done. But if this is just busy work, I think it's important that my kid has time to play right now. If they are struggling in that subject, can we talk about options? It's not just a, ah, no, you just don't have to do it. But that's not what's happening. That's not what's happening. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to stow away those jackets and sweaters and break out the shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Okay, yes, it's time to put away the sweaters unless you married a polar bear. I definitely married a polar bear, and he keeps this house at a number I don't want to say because it's too low. My saving grace is that I get to wear the softest cotton sweater. It's so cozy and it's bulky and I love it and I get to use it all year round. Quince sweaters are so good. Quince has amazing items like premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash childproof for free shipping on your order in 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash childproof to get free shipping in 365 day returns. One last time, quince.com slash childproof. Did you know that summer is so close? I've been trying desperately not to think about it. And our kids are going to be home from sunup to sundown for several months. I love them so much. I love spending time with them. I have so many exciting things planned, but we're also going to have a lot of downtime. We need things to do for the rainy day that are going to keep them engaged and help them to be creative. And I found the solution. KiwiCo. Oh, it's raining and gross outside? Cool. Would you like to dig up dinosaurs or build a windmill? Those are the Kiwi kits we have. KiwiCo encourages kids to get outside, explore, and stay off their screens. Awesome projects from the Summer Adventure series like the Bottle Rocket Kit, where kids build an actual bottle rocket, help to turn outdoors into a playground of learning and fun. We've made the Bottle Rocket and it was incredibly fun. 
you'll be surprised at how high quality the materials are too. These are real engineering, science, and art projects for children. As a parent, it can be hard to find creative ways to keep your children busy and challenged. KiwiCo does the legwork for you so you can spend quality time tackling projects together. Build the best summer ever with KiwiCo. Get 20% off on your summer adventure series at KiwiCo.com with promo code CHILDPROOFSUMMER. That's 20% off your summer adventure at KIWICO.com, promo code CHILDPROOFSUMMER. Once more, KiwiCo.com, promo code CHILDPROOFSUMMER. Now, what I will say is I do differentiate the difference between homework and studying. And this more applies to older kids, or especially probably fourth, fifth grade. This is about where that distinction kicks up. Is there reason that a first or a second grader would need to study a little? Yes, I'm perfectly happy to go over sight words and spelling words and math facts for a couple minutes. And of course, reading to your kids, that could be considered homework, but it's still a vital part of education and the role that parents play in education. So my my stand against homework is not I refuse to be a part of teaching my kid. It's just there, I think, are better ways. We need to have a conversation as to why we feel homework is the best option. But studying, studying is different. Studying is... <laughs> I have a few things. Okay. As, um, as a gifted and talented kid, I don't think I've ever like purposely studied for anything. Well, I have one story, (laughs) but with my, with my kids, they get really annoyed with me when they're studying for something, because what I do is they're like, I'm having trouble remembering this. So what I do is I find a really obnoxious way and I sing it at them eight (laughs) times in a row. Like, a squared plus B squared equals C squared. Like they, they're not doing that type of math, but like I do that yeah. and I just keep doing that. Right. Until they're like, mom, why are you doing that? Stop. And I'm like, Hey, can you tell me what this is? And then immediately they know what it is because of the way our brains work. I just, I just created a mnemonic device for you, my friend. And I was really <laughs> annoying about it, but you remember it now. <laughs> I, I hated studying. I have one exact time that I remember studying and it is the most ridiculous story ever. Give, give. Are you? Okay. So we're, we're going back to high school. Okay. And, and when I was a senior in high school, we, we did like a split year for like the social studies. So like half of it was history and half of it was government. And so mid-year we would switch and, but it was with the same teacher. Okay. But they would do a switch. And in that government class, every Friday we had a quiz and I took government the second half of the year. And the kids who took government the first half of the year wrote down all the answers and they gave them to the kids for the second half of the year. Okay? <laughs> and that spread so fast that even me with no friends who was heavily bullied ended up with my hands on those answers. And, but the cheating will go wildfire every time. The cheating will go. Yes. And so the funny thing about it though, is that I having anxiety was like, this teacher's not stupid. He is going, there is going to be a time where he knows that this is happening. And so even though I had the answers, okay. I was cheating. I also wasn't because I was so afraid that he was going to switch up that I would study so hard so that when he found out, I would still get the answers right and I wouldn't be implicated in this mass cheating scheme. So I was cheating, but I was studying harder than I ever had in my life. Uh, And then he did notice. And I was one of two kids to pass that test. I was the only one who didn't get in trouble <laughs> because when I looked at the answers, I I knew, oh, wait, no, hang on. This is out of order. But I did the studying. So I knew. 
But yeah, that was the only time that I studied. And I went as far as getting questions wrong on purpose on the ones I was cheating on so that I wouldn't be thought that I was cheating, even though because I was studying so hard, I actually knew all the answers. You didn't actually need to cheat. And I just was like, I was so anxious about it. I didn't need to cheat. But had I not been cheating, I probably wouldn't have studied. So there you go. I don't know. I don't know what that says about me. But (laughs) See, and I, I didn't learn to study for quite some time. So I was also a gifted and talented kid. So it was easy. Or, and this was important, I could lie my way through a test because I figured out how to read the structure of the test. So I I would identify the pattern of how the answers were laid out and I could tell, okay, this one's less detailed, so it's definitely the answer. Or this one has too much detail, so it's definitely the answer. Like I had no idea what I was talking about, but I learned to read the structure of the test so I could test really, really well. Or the short answer questions and you could just like write a paragraph of a total non-answer, but you knew you would get the points for it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't studying. I figured out. So there's one one teacher who gave a short answer test. Every single test was a short answer test. But I also knew that she didn't uh, read everything. She really just looked for length. As long as you wrote enough and the first few lines were correct, you would get the point. And so I I was brazen, y'all. <laughs> I was a bold little kid. Don't be like we were in school, kids. <laughs> so I would write down, I, I would essentially rephrase the question she just asked what color is the sky the sky to the best of my knowledge is and then i just wrote the lyrics to green days wake me up when september ends (laughs) (laughs) and i got that point never answered the question i wrote down green day lyrics but i got it so anyway don't cheat kids uh that's bad But no, there is a difference between homework and studying. And I didn't really learn to study because I was good at stuff because it was easy for me. And that that is the biggest wake up call ever because you can go through all of grade school and high school and you don't have to study anything because it was so easy for you. And you had like this weird superiority complex about it, even though like for me, I was heavily bullied. I was heavily bullied, but I still had a superior. I was like, yeah, but I'm smarter than all y'all. So yeah, but I'm really smart. And then you go to college and you're like, uh-huh. uh, um, oh, Oh, college kicked the ever loving daylights out of me. I went from being without ego, one of the smartest kids in my school. I graduated valedictorian. I was in all the honors classes. The whole nine yards of the gifted and talented experience was mine. And then I got to college and college was like, nah, bitch, learn it or suffer. (laughs) I picked suffering more than I probably needed to. (laughs) See, my my version of studying in college, because I didn't know how to do it, is I would just rewrite everything. I would just write it all. I had notebooks and notebooks and notebooks where I was just rewriting the same thing because I have this weird thing in my head. And I was like, well, when I'm taking the test, I can just reread it in my head. And I don't think that's a universal thing. But if I wrote it down, I could just like flip through the pages in my brain and like read it if if I wrote it. Well, and it, it took me forever to figure out how to study because I didn't know how to study. And uh, somehow Abby figured it out. Abby, Abby is the kind of kid who needs to study every once in a while. She seems like the type that has like the really pretty notes written. She does. She no, she specifically, she specifically requested this year for some of her school supplies. She goes, "Mom, I want highlighters, but not just like highlighters. Like I want 
highlighters. <laughs> like, and she said it like that. She wanted a whole bunch of colors and she wanted the... Uh, like, Can you send me a link, kid? What does that mean? <laughs> no, she wanted the, the dry highlighters that act more like a chalk than like a wet strip Never of ink. I've heard of this. That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't know they existed either, yeah. but Sharpie makes them. Anyway, she wanted those because then she could write over it and not smudge it. She also has the additional challenge of she's a lefty. So anything she writes, she has to drag her hand across. So the wet highlighter would just get smeared all over her notes. And then she would feel compelled to redo her notes because they weren't perfect. I was like, I'm so sorry, kid. Perfectionism is apparently genetic. See, I, I couldn't study because for me, I couldn't differentiate between the stuff that was super important to know and the stuff that wasn't so important that I cataloged. So for me, I was like, well, if I have to study this chapter, I will just rewrite the whole chapter until I've memorized the whole thing. <laughs> I don't know how to study. I still don't know. I still don't. <laughs> well, and, and for me, what complicated a lot was the undiagnosed and rampant ADHD probably had something to do with my inability to know how and what to study. But that's that's a topic for an entirely different episode. <laughs> Mood. <laughs> I do find that I am able to study things really easily if I'm interested in them. Yes. Then it's not studying. That is deep research that I can now write a thesis about. That's different. It's not studying. <laughs> not studying. I was I was one of those kids in school who when they'd be like, All right, here's your reading list for sophomore year. And it was, you know, Chinua Achebe's things fall apart. And I'm like, Well, I was gonna read that, but now you've told me to read that. Yeah, I'm never going to read that book. Yeah. No, see, my kids have a love-hate relationship with the way that I explain things because well, number one, it's that mnemonic device thing. Like, I can help you memorize things. If you need to memorize something, kid, I got you. But sometimes they make the mistake of asking me about something that I really enjoy and I'm interested in. And so there, there is a communication where sometimes they're like, Mom, I want to know about this, but can you give me the short answer? Uh, <laughs> yes. Or they'll ask me a question. Mom, can you tell me about this thing? And I'm like, how long do you have? How much do you want to know? Because I am going to get very animated. This is now a stage production of me explaining how your digestive system works. I will be drawing a diagram. I will probably get off topic and tell you about some other things. You asked what your stomach does. You are going to learn today, my friend. I, but it's fun because they, they kind of get interested because I'm very animated. Let me info dump on you. Right. I get very yeah. animated. I, I keep it interesting, but they're also like, I, was, I just had like a simple question and you haven't gotten to yeah. that yet. We're like 10 minutes in. <laughs> Yeah, as far as far as the difference between homework and studying, there it's a subtle difference, but especially when we're getting to, into older kids, what goes from they've got 8 hours we're in they're the same place and so they can build in time, we switch to especially in our school, we switch to more of a block schedule where these teachers have an hour to present the information and then it's our kids' job to find a way to internalize that. And so, yes, it is a lot, but again, this is their career. So they're in school for X amount of hours. They get a lot of information. Some of it, they aren't going to have to work very hard to internalize. Abby has no issue remembering historical facts because I have equipped her with a whole bunch of mnemonic devices, including songs and room recognition and all this sort of stuff. And we can describe those in some other episode, but all these sorts of tools to remembering stuff. So she doesn't really have to study for history. Science, however, she might need to study for science. Literature, she might need to study for literature. So when we get to older kids, 
I am looking through a different lens at what this looks like. Well, and I think the big difference, too, when we're talking about homework to studying in this regard is that homework is your teacher is sending this home and saying, you need to get this done and it needs to be done this way. Whereas studying is recognizing, hey, I don't fully understand this or I can't fully remember this. So I am going to take this information and use that in the way I know my brain has works like that I have figured out works for me to remember things. And I am going to work that information on my own. And it's kind of self-taught at that point. You're, you're using the information given to you to really learn it. And that is different because that is on your own terms. And that is a decision you're making. And that is where you're finding the motivation to do it. It's diff- It's totally different than homework. Yeah. Yeah. So I support studying. But if I'm seeing their version of take this home to study, if that starts wandering home and you're expecting my kid to sit and focus over seven hours a day, coming back to it, and instead of playing or having family dinner, we're going to do another hundred multiplication facts at home. I have questions, y'all. This isn't studying anymore. Right, right. I love a study guide. Do they need the practice and practical application? I love a study guide because study guides are one of the only things for me where it's like, oh, you are telling me the important parts. Because I would have just looked at the whole chapter and kind of freaked out because that's just too much. I'm overwhelmed. But when you give me that study guide that's three pages long, okay, now I understand the points that are important in this story because I couldn't do that on my own. I couldn't figure out which pieces were important. But now I have it in a study guide. I could just rewrite this whole study guide. (laughs) (laughs) That'll do. Hey, whatever works for your brain. I'm not, I might not have to do it that way, but if it's working for you. Spring has sprung and that means it's time for spring cleaning. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. So you can make sure you're shopping smarter, not harder, no matter what you're purchasing. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of a spring wardrobe refresh, new warm weather bedding, or a flight for that summer getaway. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, just add your offers in the app, upload your receipt, and get real cash that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers, including all of your favorite grocery stores, Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code CHILDPROOF when you register. Just go to the App Store, Google Play Store, and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use code CHILDPROOF. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code CHILDPROOF. By the time baby number two comes, you feel superhuman. You totally have it all figured out. You got this. But then the reality sets in. It's more than twice the work and can sometimes feel like absolute chaos. It's obviously not always going to go right, but you'll take any opportunity to make it a little easier. The Honest Company has a new line of calming products for the whole family, so your little ones will go down easier and you can have a moment of honest relaxation. The Calm Collection is a line of dreamy and calming lavender products to help make you and your baby's bedtime routine smoother. They have lavender wipes to clean up sticky hands and messes, a calm lavender bath and body set that's both gentle enough for babies and soothing self-care for moms, lightweight lavender body oil to help wind down before bedtime, and fun purple printed pajamas made with 100% certified organic cotton. The sooner your little ones go to bed, the sooner you are able to relax. 
for a little while. Anyway, their Calm Lavender Collection is made with lavender essential oils that help calm babies before bed. And their super absorbent overnight diapers have up to 12 hours of leak protection. With a focus on sustainability and clean products, The Honest Company works with toxicologists at their in-house lab to create eco-friendly, safe, and effective products you can feel good using. Body products are naturally derived and designed for all skin types, while their diapers are made with plant-based materials that are ultra soft and super absorbent. Good for your whole family and your environment. Try Honest for yourself. Shop at Target, Amazon, Walmart, and Honest.com. I have a question for you. How do you handle standardized or state testing? I minimize it to make it the most unimportant thing my kids have ever heard of. (laughs) And I do this for a very specific reason, because we know standardized testing is very important for schools. We know that schools are schools are already underfunded. Those testing scores help them with their funding, which I just there's there's a whole lot of stuff to unpack that we won't get into here. Uh, We'll just focus on the parenting side of the standardized test. But we know that it's very important for schools with these standardized tests. However, when the school is going, well, this is testing week. It is so important. You guys need to make sure you rest. This is what we're going to be doing all day. And it's because it's a pressure there, right? Like, make sure that you've done this and this and this is so important. And then the kids come home and they're like, mom, my teacher said that I have to do this and it is so important and I'm really nervous. And I go, "Mm -mm, nope, we're not going to do this. I am not going to let you have this huge amount of stress hanging over your head because of this test that doesn't impact your grade. Now, it's important for the schools, and I, and I want my kids to do well, but I also know that my kids are not going to perform well if they feel like it is this huge out-of-this-world deal. So like I'll tell my kid, like, yes, this test is important, but it doesn't reflect in your grade, and I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about how well you do on that test. Just go and take the test. We're just going to relax, and we're not going to put hold value in it because this doesn't – impact your grade. This doesn't impact your self-worth. Your grade on this test isn't about you. So we're going to take the test. We're going to do our best, but we're not going to stress about it. Like you need a good night's sleep every night, not just for this test. I'm on the same page because I I do understand where standardized testing comes from. I don't necessarily agree with it, but again, that's an entire can of worms that that I'm, I'm probably veering out of my lane here. But what I will offer is standardized testing I don't think can test the actual aptitude of the child. It's testing the test-taking ability of the child. Uh, perhaps it's also testing the amount of prep work that a teacher has been able to successfully accomplish with that child. But it's not testing actual retention of knowledge. And it's certainly, and this is, I think, the more important aspect of education, it's not testing the ability to critically apply that knowledge to real-world situations. It's just rote memorization and regurgitation for standardized testing. Not all tests. I'm not criticizing all tests, just standardized ones. When it comes to testing, there are so many things that we can talk about in school that while it's like we were talking about in the last episode with grades, right? Like it is important that you do this and you don't have to like math, but you have to do it. And here's why we can offer a buy-in that makes sense. But when it comes to the standardized testing, I literally cannot find any buy-in. So it's kind of like we have to do it because (laughs) sometimes we have to do things we don't want to do. And like, yeah, you're probably going to be bored because I know like, especially my oldest kid, she's very much, I was the kid who would finish the standardized test first, but I would wait for someone else to hand it in because I didn't want to be the first, you know? Like I couldn't be the first, like I'll just hold on to it. And she's that way. And, but she's like, well, they said I have to like go over this six times in a row, you know, like I have to take my time. And I said, listen, when they say take your time, 
they're not saying that you need to slow your brain down. What they're saying is take your time and your time, your time, right. your time is different than your friend's time, right? It might take your friend longer to read the question and to find the answer. And it might take you way faster. And, it, and a different question, it might go the opposite direction. So when they're saying take your time, they're saying don't rush. That's really what they mean. Don't rush through it. Take your time. And if that time is fast, that's fine. It's a wildly confusing thing because they're like, take your time. Also, you only have 57 and a half minutes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay, thanks. Okay, this, that was not confusing at all. Uh, yeah. So now like, I recognize that, that the state testing gets the school money. And in my area, uh, we got to scrape every penny we get. Again, different issues at play there, but we're going to leave it there. We got to scrape every penny. But if we are at the point of relying on stressing out third graders to pay for public education that our tax dollars are supposed to be paying for, we have way bigger problems to discuss beyond can my nine-year-old take a test well. Right. And well, and here's the thing, too, that the, one of the things I hate about standardized testing is because I feel like in some ways it kind of undermines our whole vibe with school because my kid loves school. Did I ever tell you the time that I got kicked out of a state testing and a U.S. Marine threatened to arrest me over it? No, but you better right now. <laughs> so I was a junior in high school and my school got money to administer the ASVAB, which is the United States Military Aptitude Testing, if you don't know what the ASVAB is. If you join any branch of the United States Armed Forces, you will be administered the ASVAB because it helps them identify what role you can best serve in the military. So my school got money for that. They made all of the juniors take the ASVAB. Can they force the ASVAB? The military can't, but the school can give you the impression that you don't have a choice because they are an authority figure and who's really going to fight them? Me. I'm going to fight them. That's who. So <laughs> by the time I got to junior in high school, again, wildly overachieving kid, I'd already been accepted to college. I already had scholarships lined up for college. I was finishing high school out of formality, I guess. Like I could have graduated early with a couple more classes. So I was there for the experience in the choir and, you know, that I, I could have gone to college. Oh, you liked high school. I did. I didn't like that. I liked, I liked being the smartest person in the room, Tori. Okay. That's fair. That <laughs> so anyway, we got to the ASVAB and I was like, I don't, I don't want to spend seven hours taking this test for a thing that I'm never, ever going to be a part of. Uh, no shade on military. I just knew that it was not a path that I was following, uh, nor could I follow it. I was born with a congenital hearing or disorder. They, they can't take me in the military. So it, to me, I had no buy-in. It felt completely pointless. So we get to the test day and they send us into this room called the forum and they hand out the test and the test is being proctored by members of the armed forces. So in my room, we had a representative from the Navy. We had a U.S. Marine and we had another one. I don't remember. It was a long time ago, but we had three guys in there and one woman and they were all members of the armed forces and they were walking around making sure that we were behaving ourselves. I had asked the school not to take the ASVAB and I was told, no, you have to. Because they got money for oh, it. Oh, this is Gwena's teenage story. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went in and I wrote, uh, because I was a big Friends fan, instead of writing my actual name, Gwena Maiden name, I wrote Regina Falange 
And then I made up a birthday and then I made up a fairly lewd address. <laughs> and then on the side of that, there was a little box that said, I certified to the, to the best of my knowledge, all of this information is true and factual. And I recognize that misrepresenting this information is a federal offense. Okay, cool. So I fill all this out and this Marine walks up. Now this Marine was attractive. And I was <laughs> 17. Oh man. And he was in his full full regalia full like he'd taken off his jacket but yeah. he looked pretty and he looks over my shoulder and he goes i like friends too i was like good he goes come with me and he stands me up he tucks one arm behind my back as if he is going to put me in handcuffs and marches me to the principal's office and he's like this student has broken uh, a law this student filled out false information on her test. And this is absolutely not okay. We cannot use this test. She is not doing this respectfully. And she has, she has broken a law because she certified that this and my principal, God love her. She kind I, she had to have known it was coming because I'm me. She had to have known, but she goes, okay, well, she's 17. So are you going to arrest a minor for filling out a form that she legally can't sign because she's a minor? <laughs> He goes, no, ma'am. Okay, I'll handle her. Back to your testing spot, sir. <laughs> they called my mom. My mom was like, are you surprised? And my principal was like, no. I feel like your mom was like, this is not this is not one for me right now. Honestly, we, this is this is low-hanging fruit for her. No, we're good. We're good. <laughs> I didn't get in trouble from my principal. I didn't yeah. get in trouble. They just let me sit in the office and read a book the rest of the day. <laughs> I love this for you. But that was my first experience yeah. with the uselessness of standardized tests yeah. when you can't give kids buy-in. That being said, though, I am not encouraging my kids to falsify information. No, no. We're, that, that's one of those things. Like sometimes we look at what our parents did and we're like, I'm not going to do that. And sometimes we look at what we did and we're like, how do I keep my kid from doing that? Not that. <laughs> I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get to enjoying some time in the sun. But springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have seasonal allergies. My husband has seasonal allergies. So from about April till June, we all sound like this just constantly. This is what we sound like without Claritin. It helps so much with being able to enjoy springtime and outside without running a water faucet for a nose. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. Hydrating doesn't have to be boring. Splash Refresher spices it up by putting fun and hydration in one. Because as a mom, I already have my hands full. Splash Refreshers are delicious, bright, flavorful, and available in five craveable flavors. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and a splash of sweetness for a hydrating and delicious beverage you'll come back to again and again. 
My favorite flavor is the lemon. Uh, it really does taste like lemonade, so I'm getting hydrated, and it just feels like I'm drinking lemonade. Splash Refresher perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. Available in five craveable flavors, wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange, Splash Refresher is there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. There's a flavor for everyone to enjoy. They are delicious, bright, flavorful, and hydrating, and zero calories, so you can have fun flavored water without any guilt. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. For me, like the standardized testing, especially like the with, with the kids, right? I'm so far past it in my own, right? And I just hated them when I was a kid. But what I don't like about the standardized testing is how it can kind of change the vibe about school, right? Because we have this kind of like relaxed approach. It's it's like we love learning. How do we find ways to love learning? The grades uh, matter. The grades matter, but they're not the most important. Okay, why are we doing the homework? This is valuable because and then standardized testing comes and throws a rock in all of it. And specifically, like my oldest kid has always loved reading. Okay. Like she is, was at a 12th grade reading level at 10 years old. We learned that from the standardized test. (laughs) So, so what does she choose to read? Just warrior cats. Listen, okay. At first. Yeah. But she did branch out to wings of fire. And then do you know what else she has that I never did? Friends. And uh, (laughs) those friends have recommended other books to her that she has also enjoyed reading okay (laughs) because of all of her test scores they recommended when she entered middle school that she be in the honors english honors math and she was hesitant to be like i don't know about honors math and i was like why right because she's she's reading at a 12th grade level which is really high she's doing math at a ninth grade level okay and so she's like well i'm just not as good at math i'm not very good at math and i'm like "Mm mm-hmm Because of the testing scores, she is seeing the above and beyond reading score, and she is using that as a token to compare the math score and going, well, because I'm so great at reading, I must be bad at math. And I'm like, "Mm -mm. you are also really great at math. You are just, you're just better at reading. You can, both can be true. You are really, really great at both, and you are better at reading. And that doesn't mean you're bad at math. And because of the way that those test scores come in, she's looking at that and going, I now have self-doubt because I am not scoring that same level in the math. And it's like, you don't have to. Never mind that both are so far above par. Right. And I always tell my kids, I say, average exists for a reason. Average isn't bad. Average isn't negative. Average is where you're supposed to be. So if you are where you're supposed to be, that is great. If you are below where you're supposed to be, I will help you find support to get where you need to be to succeed and not have stress. If you are above where you're supposed to be, that's fine too. I will find ways to challenge you so you don't get bored. These tests are the same thing as your grades. These are not something that holds value on who you are as a person, how smart you are. It is literally just another data point where I and your teachers can work together to make sure your needs are met as a student. And that is so much more important than just the score on the test, just the score on the the grade, just the score and the homework. It's It all goes together, but that's still only a piece of your education. Yeah. See, and I, I encourage my kids to sort of take an empathy approach to it. Like the standardized test doesn't do anything for you. The state testing doesn't do anything for you. So if you 
are not having fun doing honestly one of my kids likes state testing because she tests like me it's not a challenge for her see i i tested so easily but i hated state testing because i would get bored i would have to sit there for two hours but i was done in 30 minutes so (laughs) what i i sort of tap in the empathy do it for your teacher you aren't being graded on how well you do on this test they are and that is wildly unfair because they are more than the test scores as well yeah absolutely but they are being graded on these standardized tests. So do it for your teacher. Do your best. It isn't worth stressing about. And if it comes down the pike that your best was not good enough for someone who has never seen you in a classroom setting, for someone who hasn't worked with you directly, I'll go to bat for you. You don't have to worry about yes. that. I'm not going to let you put them in remedial math because they got A's through all of their math class and they didn't test so well on standardized testing. That does not mean they need remedial math. Right. And remedial math is totally fine. There's no judgment. I, I always want to like caveat, like, like caveat that because like some kids desperately need it. And, and I'm so glad it is there. But the problem with testing sometimes is that when they make recommendations based on test scores and your kid just isn't a good tester, it's not necessarily fair. So it's like, we, we just want that nuance to stay there. I don't tell my kids to do it for their teachers or anything. I just say like, listen, this is just something that's part of school and it's just something we have to do. And so we're going to do it. There's no pressure on it. Just take the test because they're giving it to you. I'm not worried about it. You shouldn't be. Uh, and I know that it's kind of a rough few days because it's kind of more boring and, and it is more pressure, but like, I don't care if you get the highest score or the lowest score in your class, as long as you're trying, as long as you're showing up and as long as you like, just do your thing, do your thing. You're going to be fine. Well, and and I, I feel like a bunch of schools are trying their best to sort of make it yeah. less bad because most of these teachers look at how these tests are administered and going, this is the literally the worst yeah. way to do it. Yeah. I, I love how our school does testing. They do like a pep rally. They have like snack breaks. They do all this fun stuff. And I, I love the schools because like when we were kids, it was like, just sit there and shut up. Sit, no, you can't draw. You can't read a book. And like, I don't think they can now either. But like, it was just like, sit the sh- Put your head down. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. No, the the way my school does it. So on the first day of testing, because they're in my state, there are certain grades that have these big tests. You don't have state testing at every single grade. There are some standardized tests in every single grade, but the big, big ones Mm -hmm. is called state testing. And they, so the little kids, they get a whole parade and all the grades on either side are, yay, you're going to do so good. We're so so proud of you. And so- Oh, it's, it's adorable. And all the kids are like, yeah, we're the stars. Like it's, they're doing everything they can. My district is, is doing everything they can to make it as least shitty as they possibly can for these kids. Yeah. So I, it is a necessary evil, but I am also really careful in my own family too. This isn't something to stress about. You know, the stuff, your classroom is fine do what you can. And if they throw a fit about your best, I will throw an even bigger fit back. I promise you, baby. And it really (laughs) is like a line that we walk when we're talking about the grading and the homework and the test. Because I I think if you, if you misread our tone here, we're just telling our kids, it doesn't matter. Throw it at the wall. That's not it. (laughs) No, what it is, is, is it's, 
trying to give our kid the motivation and the buy-in for them to value what they're doing without the pressure and stress of performance tied to it, that it's tied to their self-worth. They're learning because it's their job to learn. And hopefully we can find a way to help them love learning. But we're not saying like, if you bring home a B, you're going to get grounded. Like that's not it. It's it's a collaborative effort. It's us and you and the teacher. We're on a team. Teamwork makes the dream work, my dudes. Like we're not telling them like, it doesn't matter. It's finding the value outside of the data points. That's really what we're going for. Right. Like, honestly, I've been on this planet for 38 years. I graduated high school in 2003. Since getting into college, no one has ever asked me how I did in eighth grade biochemistry. I didn't even have eighth grade biochemistry. How did you do in eighth grade biochemistry? Not well. (laughs) Okay. Not well, but it doesn't matter because I am still a fully functioning, contributing, healthy, intelligent, confident, present adult. So... It, uh, it, it it did matter at the time. It was very important at the time. And I did learn stuff. This is not, uh, oh, you don't need algebra. Oh, you don't need biochem. No, no, no. Lots of people do. Even people who don't feel like they do, they use it all the time. They just no longer recognize it as algebra. I literally used algebra to teach my kid about something in a Roblox game. She was bugging me about something in Roblox. And I was like, here, let me set up an equation for you. We're going to do some algebra so you can figure out the answer yourself. I wrote a book about parenting and managed to include algebra in it. That's impressive. (laughs) I'm not going to provide any further context. If you want to know how that works, pre-order my book, but shameless plug, but I I wrote a parenting book and managed to incorporate algebra. So there is a direct tie in there. I'm just saying that we do use algebra, but no one has ever really cared how I performed in those. They didn't care about my grades. What they cared about is, did I learn it? It mattered at the time. And it does as career students. It, it is one of the most important things that they're doing right now. But it also can be important without being so stressful, without being the end all be all of their worth and value and existence. And so it's finding that balance because I think a lot of us when we were kids, we didn't have that balance. And our parents were so concerned with the grades that we can kind of take a step back and look at it and go, ah, maybe we could do it a little different. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's, I I need you, uh, I feel the arguments brewing already like, oh, well, this is more gentle parenting, not preparing kids for the real world. You can't let them be stressed. No, that's not what we're saying. We're saying that when our kids have to be stressed and they do have to learn how to be stressed, when our kids have to be stressed, let's make it for things that are important and impactful because no one cares what I did in eighth grade biochem. What they do care is that I learned some stuff that I was able to apply to real life. So I'm not asking my kid to not study. I'm not asking my kid to not learn this. I'm not asking my kid to not challenge themselves. I'm saying if C is the best you can do, if you've challenged yourself, if you worked, if you tried, if you asked good questions and you got good answers and C was the best you did, excellent. I love that for you. You continued to try despite how challenging that was for you. And that is preparing them for the real world. That's going to be stressful for them. That is preparing them for the real world to to have them be able to challenge themselves and learn how to ask for help and Mm -hmm. have to do things they don't want to do and have to take these tests. They're they're not going to have to take a standardized test as an adult, but you know what they are going to have to do? Probably sit through some work meetings they don't want to. Lots of them. Lots of them. (laughs) Could have been an email. Could have been an email. (laughs) Okay, so... There is that the timer. damn timer. Again, we're not doing a part three. I refuse. <laughs> 
we're all done with this topic. <laughs> for now. We're, for we'll now. revisit it someday when we forget that we did this episode. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know what we're going to talk about next week. We'll figure that out next week. But in the meantime, you should go follow us on TikTok and Instagram. I am at Tori Phantom. She is at Mama Cusses. Subscribe to us everywhere you find your favorite podcast so you never miss an episode. And don't forget to rate us on Apple and Spotify. It really does help. And remember, sometimes our kids are assholes. And sometimes it's us. Childproof is produced by Rebecca Salzmacat and Sean Kilby. Social media by Lauren Salome. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow us at at Moms on Instagram and send us your email to moms at betches.com. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy, perfectly blending refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. Available in five craveable flavors, there's a flavor for everyone to enjoy. My favorite flavor is the lemon. The mandarin orange is my favorite flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.